0: So you know that we're all supposed to learn from our past, correct? Right? You know, those who ignore their past are destined to repeat it or something like that. Uh, You want to make sure you learn from your mistakes so you don't repeat things. How many times have you uh, been caught in traffic when you knew from experience that you shouldn't have taken that highway at that time in that place, right? And the frustration, right? Or how many times you found yourself in a long line at the grocery store because you went that day. Silly you, you know that's not the best time to... Right? Or how many times have you said something to someone... You knew better. <laughs> you know, you, you, you knew better. I mean, in that circumstance, in that situation, you should have kept your mouth shut because you knew from another time that nobody here has ever done anything like that, right? Yeah. Or maybe you, um, you know, you were, you were invited out or over or something and you told yourself you weren't going to eat and then you ate too much. You knew better. What is the matter with you people? Right? What am I going to do with you? You you know better, and then you do it anyway. Of course, I never do. It's just you that we all do, right? What are we going to do about that? I know. I'll get you to think. There's a good idea, and that's what we're doing this summer. We're thinking. And Sean got us started off by comparing a couple of disciples and getting us to think about posture instead of position. And then Pastor Dave talked to us about Peter and and his thinking a little too soon or not soon enough, rather, not soon enough and impulsively got himself into difficulties. and, And then we start asking ourselves questions. And maybe we're doing that more than ever. I hope we are. I hope that... What we have been doing over these last couple of years is provoking our thinking. And that's good. Because if we're asking questions, then we are learning. And because we're asking questions, we need to be thinking. It really starts there. As I said with Cain, we go back to the beginning, and this is getting in my way, isn't it? Yeah. We go back to the beginning and we learn that we need to think about the instructions from the very beginning. That there are some things that the Lord wants us to understand from the very, very beginning back there that are essential for us as we consider what it is to do what God wants us to do. Life is three-dimensional. It's not just simple about black and white and right and wrong. It's really three dimensional, isn't it? We got Cain, got us thinking on that. And then last week we, we thought about the promises through Sarah that God really is a provider and a savior and a protector and a friend and truly present. You see, we, we really need to think about what he's promised us, or we would be hopeless, particularly in the face of the difficult things that often we run into. But I have one other one that I want you to think about, obviously, this week, and that's about our past. I want you to think about the past. Like my fence? I know, don't quit my day job, right? Yeah. I uh, wanted to make a little fun of myself today. Uh, uh, if I you haven't noticed and I'm sure you have I kind of like to walk around often drawing a timeline on the stage here about what happens over here and then progressively moves to here and then to here and then to here and that would be the past and this would be the future and I put a fence up because we can't really go back there can we you can look back there but you can't go back there. Isn't that true? And we know this all too well, of course, because we don't need a literal fence. We have this thing called time that doesn't allow us to. And as we would look back, we look at the things that we didn't do right, all those things we were supposed to be learning from so that we would get them right the next time. And we know that we, we don't really learn those lessons the way we should. So we would rather prefer to just do this. And not look back. Because it's going to remind us of things <laughs> that we should have learned. The instruction manual for life, God's revealed word to us, has something to say about this that I would like us to turn to in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. in your bulletin that's so important you'll also find some notes and on those uh, place where you can take notes and on those notes uh, it shows the page number if you need help finding that and i would like to read beginning in verse 1 of this chapter for i do not want you to be ignorant of the fact brothers that our forefathers were under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. And I'd like to stop there for today. There are three paragraphs that I just read from with three real simple truths. The the first one starts in verse 1, of course, and it says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Look at what God did and what they didn't. Do. I want you to see that. Then in verse 6, these things occurred as examples from us, uh, examples for us so that, so that we wouldn't end up doing what they did. And then in verse 11, these things were written down as warnings for us to keep us from making the same mistakes. You see, he's saying, I want you to think about the past. Look at what happened back there. We're going to end up talking about the present next week and then we'll move on to the future and you'll see in verses 12 and 13 about the present. We'll get to that next week. But what is he talking about actually in this first paragraph where these, these people, they, they, they ate of this food and they drank of this and then some of them were killed by the Some of them. There are many stories that that's referring to in the Old Testament. These are God's people who he brought out of Egypt and we're going to take to a promised land. And these people didn't learn well from their past. And I want to look at just one of the stories uh, that he is referring to here. And I want to do that because, because there's a really nice lesson. So that we'll start with. And then there's a real necessary lesson. And that'll be important for us to to underscore. And then there's a really nasty lesson that we don't want to think about. But we must. Because we must consider the past. So lesson number one, as we think about the past, and that's in this first paragraph that I referred to, is the lesson. Do something. Just... Do something. This is nice. Okay? Can anybody here tell me who these people are? Shamua. No, huh? Shaphat. Egal. Palti. Nothing's ringing a bell, huh? Gadiel. As opposed to Gadi. Not Gadi. Gadiel. Nothing. Emil. Sethur. Nabi. Jeuel. Why don't you know who these people are? These are the most famous people you don't know. Who are they? Yes, they are. Israeli leaders. They're the ten who said no. Oh, what are we talking about? Oh, um, if you don't know what I'm saying there, anybody know who Joshua and Caleb are? Oh, right. In fact, you're saying, which Joshua and Caleb? We're still naming our children these names. Right? Right? I see one sitting right there. Yeah. (laughs) And they're all... Why? Because these said yes. But these ten... They said no. The story we're referring to, and so I'd encourage you to either keep your finger here and flip back to Numbers 13 and 14, or uh, bookmark it if you have the app on your Bible, and flip back and forth between the two but the story in Numbers chapter 13 and 14 are this, this famous story of how God brought these people out of Egypt. They had been already brought out. He had provided this water for them. He had provided food for them. And he now says, I'm going to provide this land for you. In fact, he says in the first verses of chapter 13, <clears throat> the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. So pick these people from the ancestral tribes and send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent uh, them out from the desert of Paran. And all of them were leaders of the Israelites. And these were their names. And now you can go and you can see all all those names that I listed there. These were leaders. They should have known. These are people who had experienced God's amazing provision... He had brought them through the plagues. He, they had seen the Egyptians buried in the sea. They had had every morning God's provision of food for them uh, laid out uh, uh, on the ground for them to simply go and collect and eat and water from a rock. They had seen his protection, his provision, his care. And he says, now I'm going to give you this land. Now would you go and look at it because I'm going to give it to you. And when they came back, they said, oh, man, it's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, they they walked back with, you know, huge clusters of grapes. and, And yet they had stories of how huge these men were. And their cities were fortified. And they could never, never get into this place. No one remembers you for what you don't do. Even if it's mistaken. You're forgotten. Nobody thinks in their seventh month of pregnancy, hmm, maybe Amiel or Shaphat. There's a nice name. No, Joshua, Caleb. I remember them. Hmm. Learn this. This is nice. We should do something. I mean, even if, we, even if we make a mistake, we learn from the mistake. Do something. We often argue about what we should do without ever doing anything at all because we're paralyzed by what it would be. I'd rather do something and learn from my mistakes than not do anything at all. At least I'd be remembered for how dumb I was. Good lesson. That we should learn from the past. Do something, not nothing. That's a nice lesson. Next lesson, necessary lesson. We should listen up. Should listen up. <laughs> Back to First Corinthians 10, verse 6. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. We need to choose who we will listen to. God gives opportunity, resources, and instructions. We see that over and over through Scripture. We saw it in this particular situation. He's giving them the resources. He's giving them the instructions. He's giving them all that they need to have all that He wants to give them. He sent them on this 40-day missions trip, short enough to serve the purpose so that they would come back and give the report, but long enough that they would, they would really be impressed by what what God wanted to give them. See the potential of all that God wanted to do. And as a matter of fact, even be held accountable. It's interesting that when they say they won't go, and so it's two against ten, and and they uh, influence everybody so that everyone's afraid and doesn't go. The curse that comes down is a curse of 40 years. One year. You can check that one out. Chapter 14, verse 34. One year for every day. That they were on their missions trip. Hmm. What went wrong? What went wrong? Again, if we flip back to to Numbers, we can see a couple of things. Remember I told you the stories in chapter thirteen and fourteen? Chapter twelve? Is the distraction. This is what happens. We get distracted. We know what God wants us to do. We've learned enough that we know we're supposed to be going somewhere. And then comes the distraction. Chapter 12 is uh, Miriam and uh, Aaron. And they're they're beginning to get a little jealous of Moses. I mean, he's the big leader. And, you know, after all, he stutters half the time and Aaron has to speak for him. and, And Miriam was the one that saved him in the first place. And so if it weren't for the two of them, he wouldn't be anywhere. So how come he gets all the attention? It's a really, really dangerous thing to do. In that chapter, the Lord, in his anger against Miriam and Aaron for the way they're talking about Moses, says of Moses, this is the most humble man to ever walk the face of the earth. Now, let's just think back over our last year. Uh, What did God call us to do? He called us to uh, act justly, to love mercy, and to... Walk humbly. Okay, this is in the top three. This is is real important to God. And this is the most humble man to ever walk the earth. What were you thinking (laughs) to go after the most humble man to walk before God? This was not a good idea. And they paid the price. She became leprous and they got distracted. And then once we get distracted, then fear settles in. And at the end of chapter 13, you start to see all of this fear settling in. They said in verse 31, We can't do that. We can't attack those people. They're too big. And they split a, spread a bad report. And, 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 and that the land they explored devours those living in it. You see, they, they even you know, kind of exaggerate it. They, who said that happens? It didn't say that that didn't happen to them. All four of them, I mean, all of these uh, ten came back. The twelve came back. They weren't devoured. Where did that come from? And then there are these giants. And so all the people began to weep and wail, and they were filled with fear. And then they just got thrown into confusion. Okay, what do we learn from this? A necessary lesson there's a natural entropy or digression. All things being equal, if you just leave things alone, they'll get worse, not better. Now, it shouldn't be that way. In heaven, it won't be that way. But because we live in this fallen world that continues to deteriorate, there's a natural entropy that takes place. There's this natural digression. And that's why you can't just leave things alone. If you do, they will only get worse. Good doesn't get any better, but bad does get worse. Don't you hate that fact about cars? When you hear a clunk, I'm just going to ignore it. It'll go away. I had a good friend of mine that you know knew a lot about cars, and he used to say to me, Barry, it's not going to get any better. The clunk's going to get to be a louder clunk. You know, that, that's... And, and and if things are going good okay that's good they don't get any better but if things are bad they will get worse so this is why lesson number 1 is so important we have to do something and then when we consider what we do we have to listen to whom uh, we have to choose who we will listen to listen up listen to the one who's laid out the plan chapter 14 verse 11 God in His anger says to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I performed back there? You know what He's done for you back there. You know that He's... You can point, you can tell stories of how God has worked. Why do we ignore that? Who are you listening to? An important lesson. Necessary lesson. Who are you listening to? But I don't hear God speaking. Do you give Him a chance? He's revealed Himself. Are you actually spending enough time reading it so that you can hear Him? Well, I don't hear Him. Well, He spoke, but you got your ears plugged. Read. Read. He has revealed himself. You may not be hearing because you're not listening. And when you're not listening to him, there will be someone else that will give you some other idea. Because the natural entropy is going to happen. We're going to get distracted. There's going to be somebody who's not going to believe. There's going to be an enemy who's going to tell you lies. There's going to be an enemy who's going to accuse you. You See, we need to listen up. Choose who you listen to. Good doesn't get better, but bad does get worse. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Even uh, Sylvia, you know, God laid on her heart, and you don't know all of Sylvia's story, but she didn't just one day decide she was going to go to the mission field. God had been working in her heart and her life for a number of years. She had taken some short-term trips. She had been exploring what was going on. She, she had other people who were around her that 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 we're encouraging her and helping her. And and she came to a point in time and she shared that, you know, physically maybe there was a reason for her not to go right then, right... But she knew that she should. And she did. And what happened? She listened to the right person. And the lunch has not reoccurred. I don't think that's a coincidence. Who are we listening to? She could have had any number of distractions telling her, Yeah, don't do that. Not now. Maybe later. Do something and do what you know He wants you to do. Now we have to get to the nasty lesson. Hmm. Third paragraph, verse 11 in First Corinthians chapter 10 says that these things were written down as, as warnings so that you wouldn't do the same thing. Um, let me read in Numbers uh, 14. 1 through 4 That night all the people of the community raised their voices wept aloud all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron the whole assembly said to them if only we had died in Egypt or in this desert desert why is the lord bringing us to this land only to have us fall by the sword our wives and children will be taken as plunder wouldn't it have been better wouldn't it be better for us to go back to egypt And they said to each other, we should choose another leader and go back to Egypt. Aaron and Miriam just kind of led the way. They didn't know how good they had it. They had the most humble leader to walk the face of the earth. But this is what happens when we don't do as we're supposed to. Chapter 14 is about consequences. We believe the worst. We begin to behave rebelliously. And we even come to resent the very best things God has given us. That's how distorted our vision can be. And so there's warning. Don't do this. And then there's a waste. If you go chapter 14, verses 20 and following, you just, you read this sad, sad story. because. Moses has pleaded for them and said, Lord, don't destroy these people. And the Lord says, okay, I have forgiven them. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of these men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Forgiveness is possible. In fact, it's promised. It's available. And I talk to you about that often. And we revel in it, and we should. And it's always there. And and we sang, and we're going to sing at the end. God's love never fails. He never gives up. He never gives up on me. That's true. That's true. And He will forgive us for whatever happens. But there are always consequences. And they are inevitable. Those ten men died of the plague immediately. All of their families were now fatherless. And they were leaders. And now... Their families had no fathers. Well, that's not fair. You're right, it's not. What did that child do? How did he deserve to wander around in the desert for the next 40 years just because his dad wouldn't obey? That's not right. But it's true. It's a consequence, isn't it? What about those women? They now didn't have husbands. And they had to try and provide without their husbands. And, you know, these are people living in tents walking around a, a wilderness. I don't care if there was food provided every day. That's not easy living. And now they don't have a husband. That's not right, is it? Well, it's not fair. But it's true. A whole generation had to live with the consequences of those ten men's sin because they believed them. And they didn't learn from the past. This is nasty. (laughs) This is why we like to stand like this. Because we don't want to learn these lessons. We don't want to ask ourselves what consequences are in our lives because of the things that we've ignored in the past. We are more subject to the consequences of sin than we want to admit. Because we don't. Look back and learn. What about what's happening in the news today? Penn State, Aurora, Colorado. Directly or indirectly, people are suffering the consequences of Zen. The perpetrators of these crimes are gonna suffer their consequences. But of course what angers us most is is the the innocent, <laughs> the ones that have have had this happen to them, that isn't right, is it? Indirectly that we should suffer these consequences? These things are not fair, but that doesn't that does not make them any less real, does it? Nor does it presume that means they never should have happened. We can't presume that there shouldn't be consequences when we allow, tolerate, and personally indulge in sin ourselves, can we? We sin and we pay the consequences even when, and they often are, not fair this is tragic and this is all is all rather sobering we'd rather think about oh, can we go back to lesson number 1 just do some, let's just talk about the good things that can be accomplished if you just no we've got to think about this one too we would rather think about other things but one of the reasons we are eventually disheartened and heartbroken is because we haven't thought about something beforehand. Someone did something they shouldn't have, and now we're where we are. Someone did something they shouldn't have, or didn't do something they should have, and now we're where we are. And we find ourselves feeling hopeless after the fact. Rightly so, but it is in fact what we could have done before that is where our responsibility falls. Could it be true that this wouldn't have happened if only this had happened? Yes, it's possible. It's possible that we can avoid some of the very pains that we live in now because if only we had at one point not done that. the brutal truth of these tragedies is not just in the consequences, as terrible as they are. It's in the selfish sin that indwells each and every one of us that in one way or another, to one degree or another, we allow ourselves to indulge in. Now, the extent of that sin, of course, is a factor to be considered. There may not be anyone here that's guilty of the kinds of uh, sexual perversion and sin that has wreaked havoc in the lives of those young people as a result of that man. That's that's way beyond anything you've ever even thought of. But is it any different in principle than the little sin that you harbor? And the devastating consequences that might create and does create in your relationship to others? and with your walk with the Lord, and to the Lord himself. I mean, David, after his incredible sin, said, I have sinned against you, and you alone. Oh God. I told you you wouldn't like that. That's a nasty lesson. (laughs) But it's a really important lesson. We must think about the past, and we must learn from it, because the instruction manual says, in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. Whatever a man sows that will he also reap. Like my fence, and yeah, me neither. I'd like to be able to just go around and go back and and change it so that it was different. But we can't. What we can do is read the manual and realize that not only from our own lives, but from a lot of other people's lives, God has given us some instructions and some stories and some truths that we must learn from. I don't want you to be ignorant, Paul said. These things occurred as examples to keep us from doing what they did. These things were written down as warnings. We must think about the past and learn from it. Now, am I creating as many questions in your mind as answers? I certainly hope so. Because that gets us to think. And that just sets us up to learn that much more. Now, as sobering as all of this is, and and I do want you to think about it, I also want you to remember, and now we're going to sing about that too. The very fact that He gave us these instructions is not because He wants to wag His finger in your face and say, "You see, I knew you'd mess up, so I just want to show you." Doesn't do that. Because the whole the whole tenor of it is, I, I want to teach you these things so that so that you won't make the same mistakes. You see. I want to give you the instructions because I love you beyond what you can imagine, more than you can ever realize. His instructions are here because he loves us, and his love never fails. It never gives up. It never gives up on me, even though I can look back and go, "Oh man, I did it again." It's all right the love is still true you may have to live with some consequences but, but his love never ever gives up it's in that everlasting love that we need to find ourselves receive the forgiveness and then think and listen and learn and let's let his love in us grow us into all He wants us to be. Amen? Let's thank Him for that right now. Thank you for loving us so much. Never giving up on us. How foolish we can be, Father, and get ourselves into circumstances and consequences that Not only hurt us, but hurt others. Forgive us, and we thank you that you do. And teach us. Oh, how we wish we could go back and change things or do things differently, but we can't. I thank you that you allow us to look back and to learn. So as we do, might we grow, teach us to think, to change, to become more and more of what you want us to be, for which we will give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.